Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. But that music means we welcome to the program the Memphis Grizzlies radio network play-by-play host. The Grizzlies will take on the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday night, pregame at 6.30, tip-off with Eric at 7. Eric, let's start here. Did the Grizzlies scapegoat Dylan Brooks? Uh... <laughs> No. Have you seen Have you seen the quotes? You got to give them some background on this. Well, you had the quotes. I didn't have them pulled. Um, So there's a story out from Chris Mannix over at uh, Sports Illustrated. Sure. Um, And I guess the interview. It sounds like it was done uh, conducted before the season started. Um, Okay. But Dylan Brooks said uh, this, among other things. What I didn't like about Memphis was they allowed so that they can get out of the woodwork, and then I'm the scapegoat of it all. That's what I didn't appreciate, and then ultimately they'll, they'll come to me on the low as men, one-on-one, and tell me something, but then not defend me when everything went down. Um, so he's basically saying they, while the team liked him, it, they didn't defend him publicly, essentially, when he was taking all that heat at the end of the playoffs and felt he, they basically allowed him to become a scapegoat is what he was, is what he was saying there. Um, I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, if that's how he feels, mm-hmm. I, guess, I can see why he would feel like that, but I can also see why the Grizzlies said, yo, um, you know, you keep running your mouth, and we can't sit here and just bolt, like blindly back you if you're, what you're saying is, you know, causing issues. Um, it was a tough deal. I mean, mm-hmm. I, know they, I know the coaching staff respected Dylan's work ethic and his – um, desire to improve as a player and his, and increase his knowledge of the game. I mean, I was told directly by more than one coach that there was nobody that spent more time in a film room than Dylan Brooks, that there were times they actually had to say to him when he was struggling, hey, going to the gym for four hours is not going to, you know, just pull you out of your shooting slump. Magically, let's look at a little bit of film, give your body a little bit of rest. Let's figure out where the mechanical flaw may be coming in or if you're just in one of those slumps that everybody goes through. But, you know, I I witnessed on more than one occasion him asking a coach if they could go to the gym at, you know, 10, 1030, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, they'd be in the lobby of the hotel. We'd be coming back from dinner or going to dinner, depending on what, you know, where we were. And they were going to the gym. So, mm-hmm. I never doubted Dylan's desire to get better. 
I never doubted his work ethic. Um, I just thought, in my own personal opinion, I thought he went about it the wrong way sometimes. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I know the bully theory is, you know, you, some guys go, I look for the biggest, baddest guy in the room, and I go, you know, start talking mess to him or just flat out punch him, and then everybody else is going to respect me. I don't think that works in the NBA. You know, that might work in a in a watering hole, and you know, there's, you know, you want to try to make a name for yourself when you get somewhere new, but. Um, you know, these guys all know each other and respect is something that you earn on the court, not by talking. And the the crazy thing is there are so many players in this league that respect him as a defender. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you continually, the the Rockets gave him $90 million or whatever, you know, like ultimately they needed to, Yeah, they needed to sign, they needed to sign somebody that had some experience. And look, I'll be honest with you, guys like Dylan Brooks and his ability to defend the perimeter are not out there just walking on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what LeBron, I mean, I, I, know, I know LeBron's feelings, but I also know LeBron respects his ability to defend. I know Draymond, uh, you know, came back at him as this whole thing went on, uh, but that's Draymond. You know, Draymond's never going to give anybody any credit. And I and I think this like the elite level players that, um, you know, have in his mind earned it. But I, I, you know, Draymond saying you know Memphis is relying on you to win a championship that wasn't accurate. He was part of the part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I was talking to somebody else about this. If he thinks that they used him as a scapegoat, I, I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Nobody used anybody as a scapegoat. They lost their best pick-and-roll defender and offensive rebounder in January. And then in March, they lost their most athletic bench player, six-man, and Brandon Clark to the Achilles injury in Denver. You know, mm-hmm. all the stuff off the court, whether it's Ja, Dylan, any of that stuff, that, that pales in comparison well, and, to losing those two guys. And that's, one, just, that's just a fact. And, and, and they know that. The way I look at it, too, is like ultimately other – it was more like – everyone else made him the scapegoat. Like, I don't think the organization made him the scapegoat, but then he's expecting them to defend him. And it's like, we, we're not going to defend your actions towards LeBron James in that series. Like you can't, I don't think you could do that publicly as an organization in the position they were in at the end of the season. Here's an interesting other quote from the story. It wasn't what I wanted. That's what he said at the end in Memphis. This is Dylan again. The whole season was not what I wanted. I feel like we did better when I was a focal point in that organization. They chose a different route, but I'm happy that through all the BS, I was able to get what I always deserved. And, and I think that really speaks to why ultimately they went their separate ways. Yeah. I feel like we did better when I was a focal point in that organization. And the organization made a decision that we don't we, we want these other three guys to be the focal point of the organization. Well, let's let's just go ahead and break that down on the surface. When he was the focal point of the organization, they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was one of the young guys they were going to use as a piece. Listen, there are guys throughout time in the NBA that are incredibly valuable pieces slash role players, non-superstars, okay? And it does take quite a bit to accept that if you're one of those guys, but you want to be more. But – you look at guys, I mean, a couple examples that come right to my mind. Eddie Johnson, who's now doing broadcasting with the Phoenix Suns, was just an absolutely beautiful shooter, scorer, but was never a 23-point-per-game guy, 24-point. He could score. Ricky Pierce, guys like that. Um, 
you know, back in the 80s. You look even into the 90s, Horace Grant. Horace Grant wasn't considered a superstar, but what did he do? He filled the role next to Michael and Scotty. Um, and when he did, he became more valuable and more popular. Um, when the Bulls couldn't pay him, he went to Orlando. Uh, you know, there's just there's guys like that all over. Dennis Scott, you just take your pick. And there are guys that do it defensively like that. Bruce Bowen um, has a jersey retired in San Antonio because he, you know, he didn't come in necessarily the same way Dylan did. But let's be honest about it. Dylan, Dylan's, you know, draft status dropped because people thought he was overly confident. Um, turns out he was accurate. I mean, he knew he was a good player. But, you know, there were reports he was hard to deal with, this and that, whatever. But and he's a third-year guy instead of a, you know, a one-and-done. And so how, much, how long do you really have him? But he slides into the second round. So he played with that chip on his shoulder. But, you know, guys, guys sometimes want to be the guy, and you can be the guy on a bad team. That's great. But if he for a minute thinks that he should have been a focal point of this organization in terms of ahead of Ja or Dez or Jaron, that's a mistake. If he felt like, hey, you can focus on those three guys, but don't forget me because I am your best perimeter defender. I am a guy that can help. And – you know, to my understanding, they made him a contract offer. Um, not as long and not quite as much per year, but very close. He just wanted more years. Mm. And You're saying I, after the season they did that or at some point? I think before oh. the season started. Yeah, that's what I think too, yeah. I, I think they offered him the max they could. I think it was like 461. I, I think that was the I, max. I remember I asked him directly at Media Day last year, like, did you, did you get a contract offer from the Grizzlies and he – no, you know he he didn't say no. He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. He like no commented or kind of I, ducked it. I had heard it was in the nature of two and thirty-eight. Okay, yeah, from people that makes sense. Outside, not inside the organization. So that's why I don't want to. Yeah, know, I'm not giving credence to it. That's gospel, but they're they're pretty knowledgeable folks. Similar similar type and of deal to what he was on a shorter well, term deal, and, and that would make yeah, sense. Shorter term, it was a two year, thirty-eight million dollar offer, from what I was told, and he felt like he could get long term and possibly. More money, not possibly. He felt like he, could I would get say he was right. <laughs> he felt like he could get twenty million a year. Yeah. And look, man, you know, I, I I never fault a guy for that stuff. You know, look, the Wizards right here's a great example. The Wizards right now, when we went up there, have no delusions of grandeur that they're going to be able to keep Tyus Jones if he has a good year. They just know it. So we know we're probably going to lose him, but for one year he'll be there and it'll help. But Tyus is on a deal and he wants to be a starter. And you can't blame guys for that. They get, you know, 12 to 15 years if they're lucky in this league. Usually it's, you know, if you're a solid player, 8 to 10, you know, maybe 11. But, you know, you, especially a guy that played three years in college, you come in the league at 21, 22, you start hitting 32, 33. Science has changed, and, and, and the way we take care of ourselves is better. But the body just physically does deteriorate, especially a guy that plays hard physical defense. So, you know, if you're sitting there at 27, 28 years old and someone wants to give you two years and you know that might start heading towards the back end of your career, absolutely you're going to roll the dice and go if you believe that. And I I give him credence for that. My issue with with Dylan was, you know, and and not really an issue because if that's how he fires himself up, more power to you. But if you tap a rattlesnake's head, you better be prepared for it to snap back at you at some point. Yeah, it will and, be interesting. They play uh, six days from now. 
we get our yeah, first I, oh, I have, Rockets I have Grizzlies no game. He's going he's gonna to be up in Desmond Bain's face. I have no doubt he's going to be up chirping at Jaron. I, I think he'll go after guys that are still on the roster that were his boys because they were, they were tight. But he'll know the guys he can try to get a rattle. He'll know the guys he can go after, throw them an extra elbow, and that they'll come back at him and possibly take them out of the game, out of their game. He'll also know the guys that he doesn't do it against. So you'll get a good idea of who he, who he, he'll be, he'll be going after exactly who he wants, you know, and that's fine. Listen, I, I don't think it, 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 Dylan Brooks could have sat there, praised LeBron James, and called him the greatest player of all time, uh, disparaged LeBron James even more than he did. Nothing was going to change the end result of that series in terms of the lack of interior presence against the Lakers. And, you know, yeah, it, it didn't help matters when you, you, you know, essentially kind of sealed your fate by popping off after game two. But they had their chances to win. But just, again, when you look at what happened in those games, second chance opportunities, the interior scoring, which led to exterior scoring for the Lakers because you had to collapse in the middle because you didn't have Steven Adams in that pick and roll and you didn't have Brandon Clark to help sweep the glass. Those made a difference, and it's making a difference right now. You know, I, I can't tell you how many texts, phone calls I get about, like, what is going wrong? And I'm like, you know, like we talked about last week, what do you, what do you mean what's going wrong? They are missing three of their top seven, basically three of their top six. Uh, if you want to not count the backup, whoever the backup point guard would be, but if you count Derek now, that's three of the top, four of the top seven players in your rotation. And for almost the entire season, you've been missing five of your top nine. I, I don't care what team it is, how deep they are, how well they're coached. Five of your top nine rotation guys are sitting in street clothes for the first 12, 15 games of the season. You're going to be lucky to win six, seven of those games. You just are, unless you just catch – a great run. And I wouldn't say lucky, but you just might catch teams on the right nights. I mean, look at the Lakers last night. Yeah. I jokingly said to a Kings fan, I said, well, we softened them up for it. But at this stage of the season, they come out, can't miss against the Grizzlies and can't make anything last night and look tired. They look tired on the second night of a back-to-back. And even, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking, Doc Rivers is talking on the ESPN broadcast about, you know, hey, these are professional athletes, but the wear and tear on the body is real. I mean, Austin Reeves, of all people, looked tired last night. He couldn't make a shot. It happens. You know, you're, you're, you're a human being. You're not a robot, no matter what physical condition you are. Look, I'm, I don't play, and I was tired. I was tired just from flying and doing all that. When they play back-to-backs, when we were in Washington in the third game in four nights, I was tired. It, it, it's just, you know, it's, 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 you know, human to be that way. So, um you know, again, there's so many other factors, and we. I'm not knocking the the coverage of the league. The coverage of the league is great, but I think sometimes we're always looking to drum up this story. And yeah, Dylan brought that on himself. There's no question. I mean, LeBron James is, <laughs> if he's not the greatest player ever, and I'll, I'm not going to get into that debate with people. He is one of the three greatest players of all time. He's going to score 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. He is the second oldest player to record a triple-double. He takes magnificent care of his body. He's been remarkably consistent. Does at times, do at times people think, oh, he didn't have that killer instinct like the other guys have. That's fine. That's just the difference in today's athlete. I was talking with Rick Mahorn the other day, not to name drop, but he was doing his show on, on NBA radio, and Rick and I have had this conversation, and I just texted him, and I said, it's a great topic. We as fans have in almost – 
an incapability of accepting greatness when we've seen people we grew up with. By that, I mean people in my generation say, oh, he's not Michael Jordan. Of course he's not Michael Jordan. He's LeBron James. And, you know, like, well, Kobe's the closest thing. Yeah, but Kobe was Kobe. And Kobe had that killer instinct and would use it. That's not the way LeBron played. But LeBron's won championships. He's taken teams with mediocre rosters and made them title contenders. And people want to go to that. That's fine. You know, then why – Michael was remarkable in that he played six finals and won all six. Sure, no doubt. But his roster around him was pretty good, pretty solid. Got a couple Hall of Famers there. I don't think LeBron's had that at times. Yeah, they lost other ones, but there were also great teams they faced. So um, it's just an impossible thing for people to kind of accept. And, you know, it, it gets back to we try to trump up all these stories and get all these guys going, and there's, it's such a different mentality. You know, when I started in the league, there weren't cameras waiting by the buses to see what the outfits were. There just weren't, but that's important now. And that's fine. That's the evolution of it. But guys my age think it's silly. And not me because I'm around it. But guys that are fans think it's silly. But young, younger fans think it's great. So it all depends on how you look at it. Long, you know, long answer short. And if he really believes that Grizzlies made him a scapegoat, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he's not just playing this up to get himself fired up for the, um, for the upcoming game, then that would, that would make more sense to me. Eric, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Eric. Guys, thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.